When, when a woman would tell me Mike was right, it wasn't my hormones. It was just like, I just ate more than I thought. And when I hit a certain age, I stopped moving. And oh, by the way, when I was young, there was like 10 snacks and now there's 10,000 snacks. And I'm not saying hormones don't influence things. Like I equate that to like your shithead friends in high school that were like, hey man, let's just do it. Let's do it. Like that nudge is is powerful. So that's how we make decisions, but it doesn't mean you can't lose weight. It just means maybe you're burning a little bit fewer calories, probably about a couple orange slices worth. Right. Not not as many as you would like to think. Yeah. yeah. You're not moving as much. Um, you're set in your ways. Uh, you don't have the pressures of society to be perfect anymore. And you just, it gets away from you. So I get it. It sucks. It's hard, but like I'm 40, nothing changed. But Mike, you wanted to understand you're a male, you're a man. Like you have no business telling, telling women about their body. It's funny you said, cause I would just be like, yeah, okay. I, yep. You're right. Just listen to all those thousands of women instead of me. Right. Like it's like, it's like we work with 95% women, right? Like, of course. Welcome to Cut the Crap with Beth and Matt, the world's number one no bullshit health and fitness podcast. Are you ready to cut the crap with your diet and exercise, get strong as fuck, and build a healthy relationship with food? Then you've come to the right place. Let's Let's go. go. If you'd like to support us in the podcast, join our Patreon where you get exclusive content, which consists of monthly workouts you can do at home or at the gym, monthly challenges that are either strength, habit, or mindset-based, and access to over 100-plus low-calorie, high-protein, family-friendly meals. These are all designed by a professional chef who is certified in nutrition. These recipes are already in my fitness pal for easy fucking tracking. New recipes are also added each week. We believe that fitness is for everyone, so this is our way of getting you started on your health and fitness journey at a price most everyone can afford. So what the fuck are you waiting for? We'll see you in the Patreon. It's funny because I actually today I was like, hey, I'm taking a social media break. I don't know how long, probably at least 30 days. I just kind of want to feel what it like it feels like because I've been since like no joke, like 20 years, like posting on message boards, Facebook, everything, just every day, all day. And I don't know what it's going to feel like to not do that, but I feel like it might be kind of cool to test it out. Liberating, perhaps. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's weird though. Cause some, one of my friends was like, well, what are you going to do now with all that time? And I'm like, I don't know, because it's not an hour, two hours, three hours at a time. It's like two minutes here, five minutes there, 60 seconds here. So like, I don't know, it might feel like I'm not even off. And my grand plan is like, oh, I could do all this other stuff, but I don't know. I just want to like think and see the world differently without social media, like up my ass. Absolutely. You know what? That sounds so actually nice and i i honestly I, I don't couldn't do that right now because of my business but not yet yeah yep. not yet but i think i feel like i'm going strong for like four years straight and it's like this is all i know and it's it'd be nice to step away and be like okay what was life before that when i was actually in the gym coaching and not like on social media all the time there's a lot of pressure like you everyone expects you to say things about something now and you have to like live up to their perception of you and your personal brand. And I'm like, all right, maybe I'll just slow it down. And I'm very lucky that I I can right now, but I understand like our industry online, online fitness, nutrition, you can't just step away. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. You get, you get forgotten about pretty quickly if you do. That's my, that's my fear. I'm, I'm done. I'm toast. I'm irrelevant in a matter of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, you've got a lot of staying power. You've been doing it for how long you said 20 years plus. Well, no. So no, that's how long I've been posting on the internet. I've been in the field like eight, nine, something like that. Okay. Almost 10. Yeah. Okay. Like 2013 or so is when I like got in with the, the CrossFit world that I thought that was going to be my, be my big break, but nobody gave a shit about my cold garage. <laughs> Started charging people money to take their food away on the internet. So right. <laughs> you made a story and this is how we're, we got you on the podcast because I'm like, I hope I you re- took notes. Cause I forget everything I said. Okay. No, no. I have, <laughs> I have screenshots. It was about tracking calories. And this is something that fuck I hear all the time. Like either people don't want to do it. Coaches are like against it because it's like an eating disorder or what, you know what I mean? There's all kinds of shit out there, right? Everything, everything is called an eating disorder now. Like if you think about eating fewer calories, someone says that's disordered eating. It's like, then what the fuck isn't? Like overeating and just being unhealthy and unhappy. Like, is that the alternative? No. 
that's some some people's stance. It seems like that for sure. Like just eat as much as you want, whenever you want, however you want, and you'll you'll be fine. Yeah, and that's those right. people just sell the alternative of what someone else is selling. So they're just being contrarian and trying to sell the same person twice. Like I see so many people in our even in our circles that are flip flopping, and I'm like, what did you like sell to too many people? And now you have to sell them another thing, so you changed your mind because I can't I can't rationally or logically see why people would discount tracking automatically. It's data. That's all it is. I don't understand why people need to make it so difficult. Like the space is taking something so fucking simple. And like, literally, like you said, you have to like consistently be making content. Even it's the boring, basic, same shit all the time, because there's all this crazy shit out there that no one needs to even hear. I feel like the reason why tracking does get a bad rap is because it's what's going on behind the tracking, right? They're tracking, sure, but maybe they're only tracking and allowing themselves a thousand calories a day. So then it's like, now they have that negative uh, relationship there. It's really the problem was the 1000 calories a day that they were giving themselves, not the tracking. Or the perception of 1000 when it was two. And they just, much like Instagram being the high highlight reel of everybody's real life, like my fitness pal for many people, they only put the highlights in there. The yogurts, the lean. Highlight the lean. reel. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we used to see it all the time when when I still had the business. People would be like, I'm following these numbers. Nothing is happening. I'm like, well, what about this, that, and the other thing? It looks like you're logging bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. Like You have to deconstruct that because my fitness pal doesn't know what the hell you actually ate. You just picked some random entry. And this is like, not to blame people's ignorance on it as the issue, but they don't know. And that's why we, like as coaches, have to teach them these things. Because I mean, we used to see silly things like someone would weigh a hundred grams of chicken and be like, that's a hundred grams of protein. And I'm like, no, no, it's a hundred grams of wheat. They're like, but it's protein. And I'm like, wow, like you really have to step back as the coach and be like, what is the absolute craziest thing someone can think? And how can I get out in front of that stuff? And that's where I think a lot of coaches in our industry really know what they're talking about. But until you actually come across those situations, like you're not even going to know how to, how to create, I guess, the answer for these potential questions. Yeah. And instead they're like, well, you're not eating enough calories. Yep. And they, oh my God, that's, it's, that has that like one, literally ruined. Makes no sense. <laughs> that makes no sense. If I think of all the days in my career that that has ruined, it's got to be at least three months of my life that have just been miserable days because someone who had no real experience or no knowledge argued with me about that. And I'm like, it's common sense. And I tell people like my example is find me an animal in nature who doesn't eat, who is either staying the same weight or in extreme situations that people talk about gaining weight because they're eating less. It doesn't happen. Why would it happen in a human? Could it be that the human just doesn't have a clue what's actually happening, which is partly their fault, partly not? Yeah. The same, the same kind of analogy there applied to humans. Look at prisoner of war camps, right? Yeah. Or, or countries where you know there's high famine and things like that. Those people are not overweight because they, they can't eat. So like what happens? They wither away. And here's an even more relevant example now that we can use. Weight loss drugs. What's happening? They're eating less. They're losing weight. Is, it Doesn't that prove that, that starvation mode in the sense that people say you'll hold weight when you don't eat enough is like bunk? Yeah. Like I'm so excited about that. That like answer like, hey, look, these people are eating less and they're losing. It just proved all of you wrong. What do you have to say mm -hmm. about that? Right. Well, it's the drug. Like the drugs work in some kind of miracle, right? <laughs> my, no, it's it just making my metabolism. <laughs> no, yeah. man. Like nothing was broken. You You're just, just not hungry now. Right. Like we all just live in a fucked up environment where there's so many delicious calories everywhere. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. like we have as humans trouble with understanding what enough is, whether it's friends, likes, money, food. And when you're living in a world where you're eating 3000 calories a day and someone says, well, you probably need like 1600, 1700. They're like, that's not enough. It's like, well, it's not enough because you think like you're used to living on 3000. It's like if someone makes a hundred grand a year and they get fired, now they have to survive on 50. Maybe you have to move. Maybe you have to sell your house. Maybe you now have to walk to work. I don't know. But the reality is you have to make changes to make those smaller amounts work. Because it's the human body, right? Like you're eating 3000 calories. Obviously you might want to eat that, but your body says, actually, that's way too much for me, man. Like you need to slow your fucking roll because that's why you're gaining fat. Right. 
it's the most simple thing on the planet. It's just hard to do in this environment. It's hard to be in a calorie deficit. That's what I try to tell people. It's like just because and saying you need to be in a calorie deficit to lose fat doesn't mean that any of that is easy. Even as a coach, I dread the calorie deficit. I'm still sitting there weighing my food and doing shit that I know people are doing, like putting stuff on my mouth, you know, not tracking it, drinking something, not tracking it, taking a lick of peanut butter, not tracking it. It's like we know because we are we do those things ourselves. You, you made me think of an example too. I have a friend who... He's back on the program at Stronger You, the company I started. He's like, hey, it's not really, I'm the same weight, lifestyle is the same. It's just not working as well as it was before. I said, it could be because it's not fresh and new anymore. Your adherence might not be the same because you're a little diet cocky. You think you know like what eight ounces of chicken look like or six ounces of rice or whatever the hell it is. And he's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. You have you nailed it because when I first started, I was like, go, go, go. And now he's like, I got this. And he's not paying as close attention. And, you know, life changes. He says he's doing the same activity. Maybe not. Yeah, it is not easy, <laughs> especially if you've been in a, a state of maintenance for a while. I know before, like when I lost a bunch of weight, I was consistently in a calorie deficit. So I was used to that, I guess, never being satisfied. So now living a life of maintenance and then getting into a calorie deficit, it's like, okay, yeah. This is why it's not fun. And this is why it's hard. It sucks. Maintenance, like I I pretty much cruise in maintenance, like accidentally, which is sort of on purpose now. And that's where I like, I wish most people could get with their, their lifestyle where it just kind of is automatic. But that's the thing that people need to accept so many little changes in their life because whatever led to gaining weight or being unhealthy or whatever it is, like shit's got to change somewhere. It's obviously very hard. Why do you think maintenance is so hard for people? Well, it's like, it's like anything like jobs, relationships, you work very hard to get the thing. And when you're in maintenance, there's no longer that tangible thing, whether it's a partner or a career or promotion or money or whatever. Once you have it, you're just like, I have it. But now I have to work almost just as hard to keep this thing. So people inherently don't get that reward all the time, like they got in those other phases. So that's my theory on it. I think it's backed by research. I just read something in a book that like kind of talked about that stuff. So I think it's a, I think it's a decent answer. <laughs> yeah. I love that answer. I, I kind of, I actually made a video kind of really similar to that the other day talking about maintenance. And I use that same analogy of the job. I said, what happens when you get the job? Do you say, okay, cool. I'm at my goal. Got the job. I quit. No, you've, now you've got to keep working to keep the salary, to keep the benefits. Same thing with fat loss. Maintenance is just leveling up and, and reaching a new phase of your life. That's where I think coaches, and, and I know I'm guilty of it back in the day, was like, we just didn't do a good enough job explaining the phases. Like, hey, we're probably going to be in a deficit for this. The amount you're eating to lose isn't the amount you're going to eat to maintain. So just stay on the track for long enough, and then we're going to transition. So I don't know. People kind of get in the in the mindset. They're like, oh my God, this diet phase is forever. And I'm like, no, it's like diet phase, lifestyle phase. I want people to get in the lifestyle phase where they can just cruise and like loosen the reins a little bit, but still play, still pay close attention. I like how mm-hmm. you call that the lifestyle phase. Yeah. I had a post a while back that like, for me got popular, which is like not, not on your level. <laughs> my, my level was like 300 likes and 25 shares on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook is where it's at now, apparently. Yeah. it's. I always used Facebook primarily. I think it's much better for conversation and like mm-hmm. real connection. Mm-hmm. Our, our group was crazy. Like it was like people would joke like it was like a food cult, which was like a great compliment. It was our first negative review when someone called it borderline cult because he was kind of an asshole to people and I kicked him out. But yeah, Facebook apparently is making a comeback. A lot of people are finding that's where, especially like the buyers of fitness and nutrition help are. Like the other platforms are much, much younger. And I've told someone like, I, I'll i take calls with like coaches who want to like talk about business stuff. I love giving advice. Anything I've seen, I'll, I'll offer help about. And I think it was like a 25-year-old coach. He's like, none of my friends want to sign up. And I'm like, dude, they they didn't get in trouble yet. They're 25. Wait until they're 30, 40, 50. Like that's where people need the help. And those are the when people that, that lifestyle have... phase catches up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. The lifestyle <laughs> phase kind of goes the other way. Yeah. I love my Facebook community. I mean, that's where you build rapport with people. Like I love my uh, free Facebook page and the 
Instagram and TikTok is just to help build that community. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's where that's where I'm at most of the time. That's where a lot of my coaches are. We're consistently like posting in there. Everyone's be, being a community and it's yeah. cool. It's the best. Even like I think of like other maybe like business ideas in the future. And I'm like, oh, if there's community, like is Facebook where it's at? Or are right, the platforms right. like are there better platforms? And my my example of this is because when we when we were bought, Stronger You was bought and I sold. There was talk about like removing the online community from Facebook and having it in-house in an app. And I didn't agree with that because if you look at like your Facebook group as a store in the mall, what happens if that store leaves the mall? Now it's 20 miles down the street. Everybody's at the mall all day long. Everybody at work, they have Facebook open all day. So if you take that Facebook group and you put it on some other platform, now there's a point of friction and that those people have to leave Facebook AKA the mall drive down the street to get to your group. There's just going to be significant drop off. Oh yeah. Especially of people, my forties, fifties, sixties, they're not going to do that. They're, they're, they're Facebookers for life. You know, they're like, I'm not going to do another app. I don't blame you. Exactly. Especially in my generation, I'm 37 and I literally grew up with the likes of Facebook and things like that. You know, 20, 20 years on Facebook now, probably at this point. Yeah. Same. I'm, I just turned 41. Same. Like all my friends are on there. Like, I, I think like my wife was a teacher and she's like, the kids don't mess with Facebook anymore. Like, it's not cool. I'm like, all right, well, whatever. They're not cool. Their hip hop now sucks. So mine was better. <laughs> right, exactly. Like they, they don't have Biggie and Dre. What is it? But, that's, but that's funny because that's what our parents would always say. Like, if I play music, it's probably going to be like slightly older hip hop. And my kids are going to be like, this is stupid, dad. And I'm going to be like, no, you're stupid. No. <laughs> If they grow up with it, like my son, I mean, his parents are in their 50s. And so we're listening to, you know, old school, like Beastie Boys or Aerosmith. And so he's used to that kind of stuff. He he actually likes it. Yeah, I'm having like issues mentally with like, how do I give this up because of all the curse words and stuff? Or do I not make <laughs> curse words a big deal? Like my problem is like, I don't, I don't care about curse words. Like a lot of people do. Obviously I know you guys are pretty cool with curse words, yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's, other people are not. So it's like, if my little kid one day is just like, fuck, I'm going to be like, they're going to look at me like I'm the shitty parent. Meanwhile, like I quit my career to be a parent. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know, man. I, I think uh, people are just kind of have sticks up their asses. They do. Yeah. I swear in front of my son, but he's, he's not one of those people that are going to like throw F-bombs at his school or anything. He knows when, and it's usually just, just in the house. Yep, yep. Same. I have no problems with swearing around my son. I've never, yeah. I'm sure he does swear with his friends, right? Like he's 13 years old. Of course, I was <laughs> yeah. dropping oh, F-bombs yeah. all the time. Right, now. they're like, oh my God. Yeah, they, they curse just in school. Like, oh, this is good fucking juice. Yeah. <laughs> are you in the East Coast? Are you in New York? I'm on the East Coast. Yeah, I'm in okay. New York. Yeah, I'm like... 60 miles north of the city. A lot of people like in my neighborhood in this area love to commute to the city because that's where like more money is and more jobs. But I couldn't do that. Sounds awful yeah. commuting into New York City. Yeah. My my COO at Stronger You and my best friend growing up, Mike, he was commuting to the city to work at Amazon. And like when I was trying to like lure him over here, I was like, hey, man, you want to see your kids more, right? And, like, <laughs> it was like a joke, but it like wasn't because a commute for a lot of people in this area is like... They're leaving the house at six something, getting home at seven. I'm like, man, that that's not the life for me. Mm, same. So what made you decide to sell Stronger You? <sighs> Lots of things. I don't know. How many times have you answered this question? <laughs> no, I mean, probably like 275. But <laughs> every time is a little different because I'm at a different point in my life and I can okay. reflect back a little bit. To me, it was like, there's a lot of things. Like one, it's like, how long could the good times roll? You know what I mean? Like everything comes to an end. I didn't know what the end could be for like this type of nutrition coaching. Lots of competition, people change their minds. Um, while I think like tracking and knowing how much you're, you're eating is not a fad, many people treat it as such. So a lot of our early success was like on the tail end of paleo. So I'm like, all right, what's, and you could see it. Like people are like, oh, I don't want to track. I didn't necessarily think that was like a big issue. The biggest thing for me was like security, which is like, okay, if I sell this, I'm good and more people will be helped because the network that Anytime Fitness has is enormous. So I figured, okay, like I can't really promote a lot of people because there just aren't those positions. Maybe if we get into a bigger infrastructure, we can. 
I had my first kid right after we sold. So I knew we were having a kid as we were going through the motions of selling. And it just made sense. Like, I think I'm a decent decision maker. I analyzed like every little aspect of it. I just wasn't as fired up as I wanted to be or as I used to be. So like that kind of played a part. And it's like, it's hard to say no when something like crosses your table or comes on your table and it's like, hey, this is life changing and we're going to make it into the thing that you wanted it to be. Whether that happens remains to be seen. I don't know. I'm out of the business entirely now. I stayed on after I sold for 15 months. But then my wife was like, hey, guess what? We're pregnant again. And like, we're having another girl. And I'm like, okay. Like I was very, when I sold and I was still working, I was very distracted because like I would be on meetings and my role was like reduced in a way because like the big dogs in business took over. If there's one thing we can all agree on, it's that life is hard. And with that comes a level of stress that can often be debilitating. Balancing your mental and physical health often seems like you need a PhD to achieve. And so often we are only able to focus on one or the other, which can lead to a less than enjoyable life. And that's why I loved Cure Nutrition Serenity Gummies. From coaching calls to leadership meetings with my team, to tapping into my creativity for new content, to closing business deals, and even interviewing guests for this podcast, the Serenity Gummies have proven to be a valuable part of my self-care routine. I take them daily to help manage my stress and anxiety, and doing this allows me to perform at my absolute best, which helps me serve others to my absolute best. Formulated with their trinity of ingredients, a blend of full-spectrum cannabinoids, functional mushrooms, and adaptogens, Serenity Gummies are your answer to finding calm in the chaos that we call life. Right now, Cured is extending an exclusive offer to you, our listeners. You can grab a bag of Serenity Gummies for 20% off by visiting www.curednutrition.com ctc and using coupon code CTC at checkout. That's C-U-R-E-D nutrition.com slash CTC and coupon code CTC at checkout to save 20%. So what are you waiting for? Pop a gummy and protect your peace and let's cut the crap together. But I would like hear them playing or hear her crying in the other room. And I'm like, I'm at work, but I'm here. So I'm like, I felt like I had to get, like I had to, I had to distance myself from it. And I'm like, they were cool, right? They were really cool to me. Like I could reduce my hours and things like that and I could make it work. But like, I'm not that type of worker. Like I, with this, let me rephrase my, let me rephrase that. I, I am not that type of worker when it was the thing I'm passionate about in my previous careers. Like, yeah, let me, let me mess around all day at work, right? Message boards, Facebook, whatever. But this was like, it was just like, I, I couldn't work like 10 hours, 20 hours, whatever it was. Because mentally, especially like you guys know with this online stuff, you're at work all day, whether you're producing or coaching or like editing something, whatever, like you are in your head at work. And I just didn't want to give that mental space to the company anymore. And that's like not a knock on anything, but it was just like, I, I, I felt like if this was like a game, I won the game and I wanted to play something else. And I knew I could still go to the playground and shoot hoops if I wanted to. I just didn't have to do it officially anymore. Mm-hmm. That's great. You, That's you, pretty profound, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. And like, I don't know many people that sold businesses other than like the podcasts and crap like that you hear about people selling. So like, you don't know what it's going to be like. You just kind of have to take a guess. And a lot of people don't know this, but they tried to buy us. Like, I think it was like 2018 and I and I turned it down. So like, I never intended to sell, but I think once I had the invitation that it could be a possibility and I started like getting involved more in like business startup culture, seeing how this stuff works, I was like, this could be a possibility. So you might as well be prepared if it happens again. So yeah, it's a, it's pretty, yeah, it's a very, it's just a weird situation to be in, right? Like someone's like, Hey, I want to buy your business. And you're like, what the hell? Like, okay, how do, how does this work? And it takes like, people thought it was like an overnight thing. It was like, no, like from the moment like we agreed on like valuation and all that, it still took six months. Like there's a lot of stuff, a lot of legal stuff, a lot of bankers. These people cost so much goddamn money. It's just, it's crazy. Like what it takes to sell a business. It's people thought it was like a car. I'm like, dude, no, because we had to keep it tight lipped. And that was the thing. Like, I think people got like a few people were rubbed the wrong way. They were like, he didn't even tell any, us anything. It's like, dude, I, I can't tell you anything. If I, if this leaks, like it could blow it up and there's like a ramification to that. So 
I'm sorry. Like they're like, what does acquisition mean? I'm like, I don't know, man. Like you got to look that up if you don't know what it means. It means I sold the business. <laughs> so yeah, I understand like how it feels and not everyone was probably a winner in this situation, but I think in this like PC culture, everyone pretends they that you always have to do the best thing for the most people. And I did try to do that, but I know that's not going to be the case for everyone. As soon as I sold, I had a few really like stud staff members be like, I don't, I don't mess with the corporate world. I'm out. And I'm like, that sucks. I mean, I'm still like, I would consider these, some of these people, my best friends. They'll be in Vegas. We'll be hanging out the whole time. And I'll introduce you if you don't know, but like, just like corporate, corporate stuff is not for me. And I get it because I, it's not for me either. Like I just thought it would be. And it's like, I can't, I'm very, I look over and I see this, like how to win, win friends and influence people. And I'm like, that shit is so like, it's so fake. Like all the, like all the pleasantries and things. I'm like, let's just get to business. Like, don't, don't give me the rah, rah. Like, let me just talk to people about food in the way I want to talk to them, which obviously worked pretty well. And in the corporate setting, people are not used to that stuff. They're like, whoa, you said that. Like there was times where like my most popular post or one of them in our group was like, I just went in, I just typed, hey, get your shit together, post and left. And it was like, everybody was like, ha ha, yeah, Mike, you're right. It's like that stuff doesn't work in a corporate setting. They're like, oh my God, did he just tell our customers to get their shit together? It's like, you guys don't know the relationship I have with these people. Right. That's like something I would say in a Facebook post. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. It's like... Because it's like you're talking to your friends. You That's know? what people want. They and they want, want they don't want to be talked to like like they're being sold or everything's fucking polished. Fucking sciencey and shit. Just talk to me like I'm eleven years old, so I understand it. Like we're friends here. Yeah. Typical corporate stuff is very boring. It's yeah. like yeah. like repetitive like and just polished, safe, don't offend a single person. It's like you you cannot do that. Like I have a green shirt on. Someone's gonna be pissed at me today if they say it. I'm I'm sick of the play and save people. Yeah, yeah. I really am. It, it's it's like, come on, you guys, let's stop with with the fucking bullshit. Just well, be that's real. The issue with with fat loss stuff now. It's like, yes. Oh my god, no! Don't say it's healthier to lose weight. You're gonna offend someone. I'm like, people well, are just I, bullshitting people because yeah. they don't want people to get mad at them. Yeah, which I understand. Like, I understand acceptance and everybody's like equal and all this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I love that when it comes to certain situations. But when we're talking about like science and health, like. If you have a hundred extra pounds of fat, you're probably going to be healthier and happier. If you lose that, there are tons of reasons why Um, I'm not going to run around saying like, oh, don't worry about weight loss. Just go lift weights and be active and you'll be healthy. It's like, yes, you probably will be a little healthier, but you can be a thousand people and we're betting on the long-term health of them. I'm taking the ones that don't have a hundred or 50 extra pounds. Now someone will hear this and be mad at me. And I'm like, I don't know what to say. Like, I don't know how to answer that. And that's where, like, I think the industry was changing and really kind of pissing me off, to be honest. And I'm like, I can't even talk about what I want to talk about because some health at any size person is going to come try to cancel me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Beth and I have definitely had our run-ins with people like that. I we've don't know been if we've called fatphobic and all kinds yeah, of shit. Yeah, fatphobic. And, yeah. yeah. I'll call them fucking annoying and just block <laughs> them. That's the end of that. Exactly. Well, also, like, there's a, there's a lot of money to be made. Let's be real here. There's a lot of money to be made by telling people what they want to hear. Oh, yeah, dude. You get the dieting dropouts. That's what they're like. Where are the diet dropouts? Come over here. You don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. You're right. Here. Right, right. Like, I love, I personally love, like, the in, intuitive eating, what it stands for. But that crowd, that they have monetized it, and they are charging a lot of fucking money to teach people intuitive eating. And these are people that used to be teaching calorie deficits, by the way. So it's like, oh, so, so like Lisa, they just did a little flip flop. Like, oh, interesting. The, the funniest thing about that is when I started talking crap about intuitive eating, I didn't realize it was like a branded thing. That so like horrible. I had comments yeah. on my posts, like, don't you understand that this, that, and the other thing? I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I'm just talking <laughs> about like eating based on like your natural impulses, which could be trained or not. And that's the issue. Like if I'm taking into intuition as a literal term and not the branded diet, people cannot eat intuitively. Like they they are. And this is nothing new, right? Like I'm sure you guys have probably talked about this and heard it talked about a million times. If you have people eat intuitively, not the branded diet or brand, I, I said the bad word diet, 
not the branded approach. I'm okay with calling into it of eating a diet. <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, yeah, it's an eating approach, right? What I mean, yeah, right. You're right. So I, I think if you have people do intuitive eating, you're just going to leave them exactly where they are. I, I was always a fan of challenging people. And I think that's why a lot of coaches don't get results for, the, for their clients is they kind of let the clients guide the relationship, which is like, I'm not going to let my kid guide her like upbringing, like in a way at a point she will have influence on herself, but like, she's not going to be the one that's two years old going to dress herself and choose her foods for, for like breakfast and shit. Like you need some guidance there. Just like, just like our clients did. Like you think people wanted to track their food? No. But I said, Hey, there's, there's a lot of value in this because your issue is related to not knowing how much you were eating. I'm going to show you how much you're eating. Yeah. How did you get away from the apprehension? Because, you know, people are like, well, there's no way I can track calories. Like, let's let's say your your worst apprehension client. What what? How did you get around that? I mean, there was there, it's so funny because you say that and there's like 10 people that stick out. Like, I remember having email <laughs> conversations. I remember there's uh-huh. some Marguerite. She's like still my buddy. And she's like, Mike, I'm so glad I listened to you. I'm like, listen, you have all this data in life. Every decision you make, any important decision you make, especially like like when there's objective information, you look at data, whether it's like you're you're running or you're lifting weights or you're doing some reports at work or you're looking at sales or weather or whatever, like data ends all arguments. So I, I would just talk to them like that and I would make them realize how much easier it actually was. And all the people that say it's very difficult, like I know, like just from experience, it's people that don't plan ahead. They didn't take the time to like either go into MyFitnessPal or whatever friggin' app they're using and like plan out eating. They're like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with food now. It's like, well, you're not planning. I, when I would plan, I wouldn't even think of food. I'd just be like, oh yeah, lunchtime and go eat. And then I would think. About it. So like people just don't want to do the, it's like anything, right? Like starting the book report or starting the blog or like doing the lawn. Like once you start doing it, you're like, oh yeah, okay. Like the the problem was the feeling or the perception of the feeling of doing it, but that's not it. That's why they don't do it because they think it's going to suck, but it doesn't suck because they get a great reward from it. Not only do they get results, they get education and they get habits. And that's where I get riled up when people are like, oh, you need mindful eating. You don't need tracking. Tracking isn't teaching you anything. I'm like, dude, do you know how many people like we polled and we're like, my relationship with food is better than it's ever been. My food knowledge is better than it's ever been. My habits, everything is better. So the issue with tracking is People often do it by themselves and do a shitty job with it and it messes them up a little. If you do it with a coach who has a watchful eye and can educate you and kind of mold your feelings around it, you're going to understand the value. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, looking at it as, like you said, looking at it as data. And that's yeah. where a lot of people get into trouble with they look at it as they, they let the emotions dictate what they're doing, right? They're making decisions based off of emotions. But if they were making decisions based off of logic, they would be a lot more successful, right? I'm, I'm assuming, Mike, um, in your time with Stronger You, you were not leading that company based off of how you felt and your emotions. You collected data and you made decisions based off of that. Same thing. Well, it's it's funny you say that. Because <laughs> a lot of... You're like, no, you're actually wrong. <laughs> no, it's, it's really, no. It, and I used to make this joke all the time. I'm like, yeah. And especially when I sold and they're like, show me the data. I'm like, dude, I don't have it. I could just tell you what I've seen. So yeah, I'm a big hypocrite right now. And I understand that. <laughs> but let's let's change industries, right? If I'm an accountant, I am, not, I am not doing Mike style of business where I'm like, yeah, I've seen this shit before. Here's what we need to do. I'm going to say, what are the numbers? Do they match up? Do they make sense? What are the trends? So I, I'm with you on that. I know I sound like a big hypocrite and that's okay because we all are at certain times. <laughs> We totally are. Totally. I can't Same believe thing with the, the scale, right? The scale kind of goes hand in hand with the tracking and and using it for data and not letting it dictate your emotions. Oh, yeah, more more stats. I, I forget the numbers. It was like 80 something percent of people had better relationships with the scales after, I think it was like after 12 weeks. So like, I okay. I that. We see that all the time. You hate the scale because it's just like someone who doesn't have money, who looks at their bank account, they spend like a maniac and they're like, I hate my bank account. It's like, well, guess what? If it went up based on your good spending habits and saving habits, you would love the fucking scale. You would love the bank account. So guess who always hated the scale? People who probably didn't do that great 
and didn't see what they wanted or just needed a nudge to look at these numbers differently. And we all know, like, yes, these scales could be stubborn for a while, but like, I can't tell you, I mean, you guys know, I don't know why I'm acting like I have this secret information. You go on the go on the orange theory or the Peloton pages and someone's like, I've been doing this for six months and I haven't lost a pound. And then people are like, girl, you're building muscle. And it's like, yeah, she's probably not. She probably is just eating more and she's not losing fat. And I'm like, all right. And it's like, you see people say this in like three weeks, four weeks. Oh, you probably built muscle. I'm like, damn, I'm going to be the bad guy and say, hey, I understand how you feel. That sucks. But like you might be more hungry now. You might be like subconsciously rewarding yourself with more food because you quote unquote earned it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Mm-hmm. Or it's my hormones. I'm sorry, Mike. Yeah. No, that was my favorite thing <laughs> in my whole career. <laughs> it's all I get. The hormones. Oh my God. When a woman would tell me Mike was right, it wasn't my hormones. It was just like, I just ate more than I thought. And when I hit a certain age, I stopped moving. And oh, by the way, when I was young, there was like 10 snacks and now there's 10,000 snacks. And I'm not saying hormones don't influence things. Like I equate that to like your shithead friends in high school that were like, hey man, let's just do it. Let's do it. Like that nudge is is powerful. So that's how we make decisions. But it doesn't mean you can't lose weight. It just means maybe you're burning a little bit fewer calories, probably about a couple orange slices worth. Right. Not not as many as you would like to think. Yeah. yeah. You're not moving as much. Um, you're set in your ways. Uh, you don't have the pressures of society to be perfect anymore. And you just, it gets away from you. So I get it. It sucks. It's hard, but like I'm 40, nothing changed. But Mike, you wouldn't understand. You're a male. You're a man. Like you have no business telling telling women about their body. It's funny you said because I would just be like, yeah, okay, I, yep, you're right. Just listen to all those thousands of women instead of me. right. Like it's like it's like we work with 95 percent women, right? Like of course. <laughs> yeah, they're my proxy. Yeah, like I, right. Our our stats were like 81 percent women. I think for various reasons, men think they know everything. Like <laughs> again, they don't want help. They don't pay for help like a woman will. And that's always kind of funny because when I see like our buddies in the industry target men, I'm like, you have a smaller pool automatically. Just accept that. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I don't, I don't, don't really enjoy working with men because they're not as coachable and they, we, we're assholes. We think we know, we do think we know it all. Yep. And there's always like, there's a lot of guys that have this like superiority complex, like this alpha male syndrome where they're like, I can't listen to this guy. Like he doesn't do this or doesn't do that. I'm like, okay, like you don't have to. <laughs> But does your wife need help? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Does she want? Does she want? Get, does she want results? Like send her my way. <laughs> I love how we just joked the podcast too. I joked. I was on a podcast recently. I'm like, they just need to hit record and let's roll. I'm like, let's just. Uh, yeah, that's that's all we do. We don't we we don't script we don't here. We just else. we just talk about whatever the fuck we talk about. <laughs> yeah, I I like that. It's it's unique because it's like I love all the people and all the podcasts I've been on. But a lot of it is the same. Like I have a couple of people that'll listen to like all the podcasts that go on. Thank you very much, people. But they're like, I had to skip the first 10 minutes because I don't need to hear your story again. I'm like, awesome. Like, yeah, we, I don't even think we asked you, did we? No, no. Like yeah. I, I had a job I didn't like. I wanted a job I did like. I liked fitness stuff. I started a business. It got busy and then I sold it. And now I'm a dad. Google it, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I could write a book about all the crazy shit we've seen and done. And I, I pretend you that should. I'll- uh, but I'm also like, I don't feel like it. But again, like if, if I get off social media for some time, I'm done. I'm I'm irrelevant. <laughs> no, I doubt it. Not to the people that, that know you. You'd be surprised because, and here's why, because none of us are really as special as we think. There's some like the, the friction, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's at the mall. Everybody's on Instagram. Everybody's on Facebook for someone to come out of their way to come talk to me or me to do that. It's just, there's drop off. And that's, I think that's the thing that holds me to social media, knowing that if I drop off, like I forget about people, they forget about me. 
and relationships that are pretty good and pretty real just kind of fade because now I'm not at the party. I'm at home. People are going to talk to people at the party. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, I agree with that. I can personally attest to that. I've been more intentional with downtime off of social media, especially over this past summer when I was struggling with some things, I was not posting as much. And now that I'm posting again consistently, guess what? It's really hard to get traction again. So I got to keep just plugging away at it, keep being consistent, but it's easy for me to blame the algorithm and things like that. And I'm not going to do that for sure. It's just the fact that I just wasn't being consistent. Same thing I teach to my clients. I think it's to the point where like Instagram and like Facebook and all this, it's like, it's as competitive as like YouTube was. Like if you look at anyone that has like big followings on YouTube, like it's, it's really well done, really well produced. Instagram, like you could like even a couple of years ago, I think just post like Twitter shares and like mm-hmm. get a hundred K, but oh, yeah. people will tell you that still works. But my question to those people will say, you've had a hundred for two years. When do you get 200, 300, 400? If it worked, like you think you should be growing exponentially and it's not happening. Therefore, my interpretation of the algorithm is like, like you, you better switch it up. You have to appease the algorithm which was always hard for me for two reasons. Like, I still think it's like, I don't want to have to do that because it's not natural for me. And I just have trouble like faking that. And the second thing is like, I just, I'm lazy about it. Like I did a real making my Mike nuggets, which are just basically like <laughs> ground chicken, like, like tossed in breadcrumbs and flattened. And I'm like, this thing took me a fucking half hour. Like, I don't want to do this. I think that's like with anything new, though. So just think about our clients and tracking calories, because I can say this. I came onto Instagram and TikTok making videos like Reels was just starting. And I was like, I'm really good at making videos and I fucking suck ass at doing Twitter tweet posts. So that's because I'm more of a like video person rather than a writer. But who's funny now, like I'm a coach that has to become a writer because now I have to write on social media and write articles and all that stuff. But it's just you got to just do it. Yeah. And then the algorithms, I think, want to know the people behind this stuff, Mm -hmm. which is like, I'll have my phases where like, I'll plug a little, like a little headshot in one of my posts, but then I'll like be like lazy about it. I'll just be like, "Ah, it's just words. And then like, if they get popular, it's like, no one even knows I said that. No one knows me, the person, the algorithm wants people to know who you are because there's better connection. So yeah, I I get it. I just like, I need a a manager or something. (laughs) It's like Andrew Coates. I remember he wanted to talk to me on a Zoom about like making TikToks or in videos. And so this was like a year or so ago. And I'm like, you just got to do it. We just got to press that record. And yesterday or a few days ago, he posted his first reel, which was actually a story. Was he walking in the grocery store? Yes, yes. I love Andrew. Like He's the best. I'm going to like, I'll, I'll hype him up a little bit right now. But like, There's a lot. I am a cynical shithead with a lot of like business stuff because I've seen so many things. I've had people try to do shitty things. I know who's phony and Andrew is not phony at all. That dude just wants to be friends with everybody and help everybody. He doesn't ask for anything in return. He's been so good to me sharing my stuff and being my buddy. And like, I swear, like we've joked, if there was like a, like a fit pro president, like a presidential race, like he, he would crush Oh, totally. We were saying that too. I've I've seen him at a few um, conferences and it's always like, here's Andrew. We, we love Andrew. Big fucking guy. Yeah. He's just, he's so nice and so helpful. And he's like, he helps everyone. Yep. He's like the connector. Yep. It's, it's interesting. And that's what he wants. And I'm like, man, we gotta like, this is your thing. Yeah. He's, oh, it's, he's it's an really original cool. for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I think like the business coaches in the field and like, there's so many people I'm like, oh, Please, everyone, please avoid those people. Business coaching is such a joke at this point, honestly. Everybody's a business coach. And it's like all they have to do is read a couple of business books, follow a couple of the business gurus who all go on each other's podcasts and probably have this like... It's like a big MLM. No joke. It seems like it. Like there's a bunch of these never thought of it that way, Matt. And even in like the tech space, there's a lot of business people that like did a few things that are all on each other's podcast and they all have like a million followers. And I'm like, you're all, you all have the same people and you're all selling them the same courses. And what's the success rate? Like less than 1% because like business is so much more than how hard you work and how much it's, there's so much freaking luck involved. So like these people are like, here's what you have to do. No, like my, my success is 
obviously I worked hard and I know some stuff, but like there are like a couple key meetups that if I didn't know these people, I might, I might just still have like a hundred clients or whatever. There's, there's a lot of that involved and that's the thing in the business. And even like with people dieting, like maybe you have an unsupportive partner. There's your bad luck. You're not going to succeed because of that person. And that's a, that's a hard pill to swallow because we have seen so many people realize that they may have married the wrong person because that person when, and it's usually the guy when the, when the woman needed the help, it just wouldn't be there. You're on the diet, not me. How come, how come I have to order less pizza and drink less beer? That's your problem. Like, dude, just like, what are you doing, man? That's yeah. super prevalent. It's crazy. Wow. It's like, why is no one talking about that? Yeah, that's so true. We, we've actually, I think we've talked about that on the podcast. Haven't we, Matt? A little bit. I don't know if we've ever gone in detail about it, but definitely with, I, actually we did about getting support no, we did. at home. We did yeah. a last episode about yeah. it. Yeah. I think we were like, if you don't have that support at home, it's time to think about like, the person that you're with, like the My person is like, yeah, just leave them. But that, that's not, I don't be taking relationship advice from me guys. I so. mean, if my <laughs> husband didn't support anything that I did, I wouldn't be here right now. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Like same, like my wife, my girlfriend at the time was like, yeah, you like, if you quit your job, like, and it doesn't work, like, we'll, we'll be okay. We'll figure it out. I'm like, okay. Like I have her support. Cool. Like that doesn't, that's not common. And that sucks. Or I, I see a lot of the times that the women are like, well, my husband doesn't like to eat this, so I I can't make that for dinner. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what is this, fucking Stone Ages? What, I mean, what are we in the 1800s? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who fucking cares if he doesn't like what you're eating? I mean, we're... And I'm not in that in situation, but I'd be like, dude, okay, then you fucking cook. Like... Let's, I, that's why I love Beth. Beth literally, I, I, go, I hang out with her and her husband all the time. I fucking love her and Mike. And... Oh, you're hungry? Okay. What do you like? Go eat. Like, make something. Yeah, exactly. This is what I'm eating. Uh, what are you eating? Do you want some? You can have some. This happens very often is that the woman in the household feels like she has to cook what the husband wants. It, yeah. It's kind Old of crazy. School bullshit. Like, it's yeah. around. Yeah. I mean, it's just a control for, for us to keep women down, honestly, in my opinion. Like, that's, that's really what it is. It, society and, and everything, but I'm not going to get into that right now, but. <laughs> and people, sometimes it's like, it's easier than starting a potential argument. For sure. Keep the peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Because that's what women are conditioned to do, especially like, I hate to say it, if you are in religion as a woman, you're definitely taught to keep the peace. You know? Yeah. Yeah. This is new, this stuff, like the change. For sure. Well, you've probably lived it. I mean, you've probably been around it a lot, right, Beth? Well, my mom made all the dinners in the household. She grew up in the 70s. So yeah, she cooked everything, did the dishes. Yeah. So I guess I did. I just didn't, I just didn't follow the pattern. So funny because I was going to fit the mold. Yeah. I was, broke the mold. I was doing dishes the other night and like one two-year-old like kind of knows what's going on. My six month old doesn't have a clue. I'm just like, see this girl's daddy's doing dishes. <laughs> I was like, men do dishes. <laughs> like, just, that's great. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. It was really just to say, so my wife heard me. That is so funny. <laughs> I, I just saw a TikTok video this morning. Actually, it was, it was a comedy sketch, but it was of a man and a woman and the man had just gotten done cleaning the kitchen and he announced he's like hey babe like I, I i just got done cleaning the kitchen she's like what like and she made it like this big extravagant extravagant deal and she and he's like okay i'm not going to clean the kitchen anymore if that's how you're going to respond like <laughs> <laughs> give me credit for doing what i'm supposed to do exactly yeah that was it's it's funny just to transition that was always my my issue as like a leader in business mm -hmm. was like and it's it's ironic because like it's what i wanted after i sold was like recognition for just doing what I was supposed to do. It's like, I was like, oh, the paycheck is is the recognition. But it's like, man, those little messages, like that was probably if, if we're thinking like of mistakes made in business, it's like, I should have just been more like fluffy and lovey-dovey with like messages about like, hey, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Great job. It's like, we don't do that. We all, and I talked to my friend Derek about this, Derek Stanley, who's like, I think like just one of the best dudes in the world. It's like no one appreciates what you do until you're gone. Like it's one of the most real cliches ever. And then like some of these coaches would leave and I'm like, shit, like, man, all I had to do was probably tell them they were awesome a few more times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
For sure. I think there, there's a big difference, I think, in the business world, acknowledging people's effort and the, their accomplishment, accomplishments, whereas in a household, right? It's just a partnership. Like you shouldn't get kudos for changing a fucking diaper. Like what really pisses me <laughs> off when I hear someone like, oh, I, I can't do that. I'm babysitting my kid. Like you're fucking babysitting your kid. No, you're just being a parent. <laughs> it's funny you say that because like on Reddit, like on the, on the dad section of Reddit, like dudes hate that. When someone is like, oh, you're babysitting your kids, but so many dudes say it about themselves. And it's like, we just have to understand like for thousands and thousands of years, dudes didn't do this stuff. So if, if a woman says to you like, oh, it's good to see you stepping up, like she's acknowledging your effort. Like, so I don't, I don't, I get that a lot. Cause I'm often the only dad at a lot of things because I'm not like working right now. So I'll be at gymnastics in the middle of the day and I'm the only dad. It's like, it sucks that the other dads aren't there. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. I mean, right now my, I'm taking my son to school twice, twice a week and picking him up twice a week. And like, I, I love it. And I, thankfully I have the freedom to be able to do that. I don't have the traditional nine to five anymore. I left that shit in the dust. I wasn't corporate too, because I, it wasn't for me. Now I can be more present. I can more, spend more time with my son and, and be there for the sporting events and everything. So it's great. Yeah. It's the best. That's like the the best part of working on the internet is like, you can kind of like, you can work around so much not having to be somewhere. It's, it's awesome. Absolutely. Definitely awesome. But then again, a lot of people, the, the household doesn't think you're working. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like, yeah, that's mom's home. She could do anything. Yeah. That, that was always like a thing, right? It's, I mean, it's, and that's just kind of how it is. And that's why like, I'm there's no right answer to this whole work from home thing. Like all these people are like, oh, I'm just as productive. It's like, maybe you are, but you can't tell me the average person or even a significant amount of people aren't being tugged in 15 different directions oh, yeah. are at home. So maybe mm-hmm. they are productive like inherently, but like if, if I don't know if my kid has a, like a PP accident because she's like just done potty training, like you think I'm not going to get up and go help. Right. <laughs> Right, right, exactly. How it works. Yeah. And I, I love every second of it. I that's why I'm online is so I can actually I can leave shit and go take my son to jujitsu or I can clean up dog shit, take my dog for a walk, come back to a podcast. It's it's like living the dream, really. Do you ever feel like the one downside to it is like you're never you're never off because you're yeah. at work? Yeah. It's funny. That's a that's a real struggle. Very real struggle. I try and I'll notice burnout. Matt Matt will say, hey, have you taken some time off, Beth? Yeah. It, it's hard. Plus, I love what I do. And I'm I always feel like I want to answer questions. If someone's DMing me, I want to be like, oh my God, I need to help them. Or Facebook group, or I'm consistently like, I got I can answer that for you. I just need to let it go. Well, 30 seconds times a thousand is it's it adds up. I don't yeah. know. Someone else do the math for me. I don't do public math. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's funny because when I quit Stronger You, which is just a weird thing to say because I started it, I redid my office. I painted the walls. I got rid of one of the desks. I got a new chair. I got new bookshelves. I like redid it because I wanted like a fresh start. Like that was like, it's weird because like that was like my closure. Like, all right, I'm done. Like the walls are painted. Everything's new. And I feel like I'm in a different place now. I don't look at my little office at my house as my my work. That's the hardest thing about working online. Like it's not, it's not all rainbows and fairy tales. Is that the line? I don't know. It's, there's some down parts to it and it is like, all right, I'm going to refresh that. But that's why I always like to go like to different coffee shops and stuff. I have been falling in love with doing that recently, man. Like I feel once so or twice much a week. creative, like being mm-hmm. in a different place. So I've been struggling with working from home. It could be lately. isolating for sure. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. That was the biggest thing with our coaches. They were like, we feel alone. We feel isolated. And I'm like, crap, like, how do I solve for that? And we would do things like we would do like group things. Like we would do like trivia nights and like all this crap. And it's like 20% of people would show up. So it's like, all right, you're asking for this stuff. Here's the stuff. But then I realized like, that's not it. Like, that's not what they want. No one really knows what they want with this stuff. We would even do like small group hangouts, like something like this, where you you hang out with a couple coaches, very low attendance. So it's like, all right, if you're lonely, like your job isn't necessarily the one to make you not lonely. Like your lifestyle, you have to get out there, join a kickball team or pickleball, group fitness, whatever. That's why I don't want group fitness. Like I feel like a lot of our, 
I know we're bouncing all over the place, but that's all. Uh, that's what we do. <laughs> that's what. <laughs> I don't... That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, are you going to Vegas to the conference to Aram's conference? You know what? Beth and I were talking about this yesterday, and as of yesterday, I was a no. But I actually thought about it after I told Beth that I'm not going to go, and I'm. I thought about it, and I was like, "Why the fuck wouldn't you go, Matt?" I'm I'm fucking going. I don't even work in the industry, and I'll be there. Like, come on, man. Yeah, (laughs) I'll be there. It's my first speaking event ever. Oh, that's right. I'll heckle you from the crowd. I gotta support my nerdle. So (laughs) I mean, I was like, Matt's not even going to support me, you fucking asshole. But anyway, yeah. But I'm already starting my. It's called a your message map and all this stuff. But I'm like. Yeah, I, I don't want to talk about it because it's it's literally the bane of my anxiety right now, and it's four months away. This is this is sort of why I don't really do speaking things because, like, I mean, I, I might one day, but I don't want to. I don't want to think about it. But it's but I'm. This is where life is funny because I'm I'm so like I'm so put together with the the food thing and like my ideals, but they don't translate to this stuff. Like, so what you could do and what I could do is. Do your friggin' talk, perfect that shit in like two weeks, be done with it, never think about it, practice a week before, and then you're good. But no, yeah. what are we gonna do? We're gonna mess around for four. Oh, months. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. exactly what I do. Everyone is fucking with their slides the night before. Guaranteed. Everybody's fucking with their slides the night before. I just have to remember that you know what? <clears throat> no one's gonna be there wishing that I fail. No. Like we're we're all in this together. Like a lot of my friends are going to be there and it's it's going it's not going to be perfect. It's my first one for fuck's sake. But I'm going to do the best I can. That's all I can do. That's that was always my biggest fear is like like I'm going to be exposed like I don't know shit, right? <laughs> right. Imposter syndrome. Who am I? I know. It's it's silly, right? Cuz like yeah. I'll say something and then someone will argue with me. I'll be like, oh, "Maybe I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know." And I'm like, "No, I've seen Why do this. we do that to ourselves?" Because we like somehow have like confidence issues in certain areas and where we go on social media we're like give me my points give me my points tell me you love me <laughs> you know what I mean? well that's why we hire coaches i mean beth you hired a coach to help you through this right? i did i hired jenny rerick with my speech because i'm like oh, really? i've Can never done this, this before is it like a um, speech coach or like she's a, a, a coaching like a fitness um coach speaker coach and i saw her randomly on instagram she was at a mike boyle event oh, and she yep, was yep. talking about how jordan syatt speaks and i was like i really like how this woman talks let me see what else she's got on her page and i was like wow i really i can really relate to her and i'm like maybe i should think about hiring a fitness speaker coach to help walk me through this and she's been fucking amazing she's like okay you have to have like what's your title we're gonna ha- do it like a message map she called it put your title in the middle and then you have all these like it's almost like a web where you have all these like points that you talk about within your speech and then the transition to each one well the slides will be how it comes back around and all yeah this. and she's like think about it like the one thing you have to remember is that you're a coach and you're up there to coach so think about what you're going to teach and what someone's going to get out of it yeah. Now that when I saw recently Jordan and John Goodman speak, they sat down and I was like, oh, I could do that. Yeah. That's, See, that's more my thing. Like, give me a Q&A. And that's I, that's like, that's what I love. That's what I want. I, love that. I did the other day for the local Orange Theory. One of the guys does like a like a weekly like guest spot, like Instagram live podcast. And it was like an hour long Q&A. And I was like, wow, like I do know some shit fasted training came up and I gave like all these different scenarios of like why it might not make sense or why it would make sense. And it's like a lot of, like a lot of people are just like, tell me the answer. And I'm like, there is no answer. Like this isn't necessarily math class. There's so much nuance. And that's what I like when someone's like, you got to raise prices. I'm like, why? Like from a guy that had a community that was like, if I raised prices or I did something that would rock the community, that would be a stupid fucking decision. But I had so many people like, you should be doing this. I'm like, you don't have a community where your business is basically being built in real time with tens of thousands of people. So if every little thing I do is under a microscope, it's not like a t-shirt company charging $32 instead of 27 So like, yeah, but the whole speaking thing, it's like, I like the Q&A stuff. Yeah, Give me like fireside. Give me right. like you fireside chat. <laughs> Yeah, totally. I'll tell Aram, like, yeah, you do totally. You want to throw a chair up there and have people ask me questions? But that's why I go to yeah. this because I want to talk to the people in the crowd. So, like, anyone that's listening to this, if you're a coach and you see me in Vegas at Aram's conference, like, just talk to me. Like, I love talking shop with people. Like, one of my favorite things when I 
like retired from the field was just, I mentioned earlier, just getting on Zooms with coaches and talking about shit. Like I would have loved access to something like the Stronger You story when I first started. Really? Yeah, I know Beth, Beth and I love talking with other coaches too. We've had coaches reach out in the past talking about starting a podcast or even getting started on TikTok. And it's, it's, it's a really great feeling. And that's why I briefly thought about doing business coaching at one point. And I was like, ooh, no, that's a whole nother can of worms. And I'm not going to go down that <laughs> road. Have, yeah, I have mixed feelings about it. One, like going back to the whole like luck and control thing. Like, I don't know if all my information could actually make someone successful if they're not the right person. Because like some of the things I would have people do would definitely make them uncomfortable and make them put themselves in situations where they were talking to strangers and maybe being a little bit corny or whatever, just to kind of like get some attention. So like, I, I think I would like it, but I also am hesitant because if I couldn't help them, I would feel like shit. So I'm like, oh, so the, the middle ground is like, just talk to me for free and we'll just shoot the shit. You know what I mean? And people are like, can I pay you? I'm like, no, no. Like, I don't even know what I would Then it gets weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what, like, what is my time worth? Cause I hear, I hear people doing that haven't done shit in this industry, charging like a thousand dollars, $500 an hour. I'm like, do you think you're fucking like some oh world God. class lawyer? Like who do you, think you are, man? We just, yeah. I just hop on the, on the zooms with people for free. I'm yeah. like, we're, we're fucking friends. Why would you like, I mean, really ask me anything. <laughs> I'm still learning about business too. So because we get a lot out of it too. So like, yeah, I love really it. Selfless. Like I love like stuff like this. I love talking and just like hearing people's stories and getting to know people because life, like one of the big things about like quality of life is connections with people. And we don't do enough of that being like internet people. Like we have all these people that will like and share our shit, but like we don't have those deep conversations. I also still think because in this industry, it's still largely seen like all coaches kind of not all coaches, but a lot of coaches see every other coach as a competitor. Like, and if you see it that way, you're already losing. In my opinion, there's so much to learn from other coaches. And And it's, it's funny because like still like no one, no one knows what the hell stronger you is or who Mike Dola is like, and we were, we were getting tens of thousands of, of clients. Like, and we still didn't really look at all these coaches as competitors. Like I just saw them as friends. Like, yes, technically like some client could choose us over them or whatever, but like there, there are so many people that need help and the average person does not even know services like this exist. They still think you have to go to the gym for a trainer or to some nutritionist office once a month to get handed a meal plan. Like they don't even know this exists. Every person I would meet on my journey is like, what did you, what do you do? And I'd be like, oh God, here we go. I'm going to tell them they're not going to understand it, which is not their fault because they never heard of it. They'd be like, so you tell people what to eat? I'm like, no. They're like, so what do you do? Do you sell supplements? No. We we just talk to them all the time and help them design the way they want to eat. And then we make adjustments and tell them to go to sleep. Like that's what we do. That's not a sexy answer, right? It's it's hard to package that up. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it's just funny because it's like we, the thing I'm most proud of is like we sold simplicity. Mm-hmm. I think love we that. Be, yeah. We could be an inspiration for other people to do it, which is exactly what you guys do. Like you're not over here selling bullshit. That's actually part of my speech is keep it simple. Yeah. That's one of my things. Keep anyway, it simple, yeah, it's, you need backup. I got you. Like seriously, simple. The success stories are there. You don't have to be carnivore MD and oh my God. Guys, like Bobby walking through the grocery store. It drives that's a, me that's nuts, a trigger word man. for us. Rip <laughs> This guy, oh my God, I just know exactly what they're doing. They're they're laughing their the way to the bank. They're just gonna disappear one day and they're yes. gonna be like, ha, ha, they're ha. multi-millions. Yeah. Yep. Which like but they're hurting people in a way. If it's a victimless like success story, cool. But you're not. You're hurting people, you're fucking up their food relationship and oh yeah. You're just being a jerk. So. Yeah, I do like with with Bobby, not to talk about him too much, but there's a lot of pushback coming up against him now in social media. And there's a lot of stories from people that were used to be followers. And they're like, I bought his stuff hook, line and sinker. And then I developed an eating disorder and ruined my life. And then I found you guys. And now it's like, I'm finally healing. But, but people are attacking like tracking as the issue. Like <laughs> dude, Those guys like shut up about someone knowing how much they're eating. Attack these guys that make you feel like Every little ingredient is going to kill you. They don't understand context. Health is way too large scale to have one little thing mess with you. So that's always my thought, right? Mm-hmm. Agreed. 
Hell yeah. 100%. Well, shit, it's after two already. That's fucking nuts. That went by what a conversation. Hour. That was awesome. I've had yeah, a lot of I fun chatting like, with you. Yeah, this is awesome. I love this shit. So thank you for, for having me. This is awesome to, to meet you guys officially outside of Instagram messages. <laughs> well, it was great chatting with you, Mike. Have a, an amazing holiday and hopefully we'll see you on the interwebs before March. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. I'll, I'm sure I'll be back. We'll talk soon, but uh, thanks man. Thank you guys so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this episode. So why not share it with a friend who needs to hear it? Send us a DM on Instagram or email us at cutthecrappod at gmail.com and join our Patreon at patreon.com slash cutthecrappodcast. As always, we appreciate you and thanks for being here. <laughs>